morning. I am so thankful that today is a day we get to recognize the beautiful women who are in our life, the women who are with us who are no more, the women who are so special in here and we can remember, and even the women that we hope to one day become. So if you get a chance, just say something nice to a beautiful woman today because God made her and it's a special day. Dear Father, we love you. We trust you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that you've given us to draw nearer to you. I pray that you would encourage our hearts and strengthen our minds in you today. Thank you that you are a God who knows us and invites us to know you. I pray that you would do a good work in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reminded this week of the story of a beautiful young woman named Hannah Sinesh. She was born in uh, Budapest, Hungary in 1921. She was born to a wealthy Jewish family, and her parents were an author and a journalist. So as a young girl, she had these dreams of being a writer like her father, and she said she dreamed of being a great soul. But when she thought about being a great soul, here's what she said. She said, great soul, I am so far from anything like that. I'm just a struggling 15-year-old girl whose principal preoccupation is coping with herself. (laughs) It's hard being 15. At 18, her family moved to Palestine to continue her education, and when World War II broke out, something in her heart stirred that she just wanted to help take part. She kept diaries and journals. In one of her writings, she said, in the mountains, one involuntarily hears the query, where shall I send you? And the answer, send me to serve the beautiful and the good. So in 1943, at the age of 42, uh, 22, she joined the British Army and volunteered to be parachuted into Europe. So soon after she was on her first mission, she was uh, dropped in Yugoslavia with several others, and their mission at the time was to sneak behind the Nazi lines and rescue Hungarian Jews before they were sent to Auschwitz and to try and find some of the captured Allied pilots. Unfortunately, when they landed, they learned that Germany had already invaded Hungary, and though she was told it was too dangerous to go in, she still tried to carry out her mission. She was eventually arrested, tried as a spy, and executed by a German firing squad at the age of 23. She had kept all of these writings and diaries since a young age, and after her death, her writings and poems were discovered in like trunks underneath her bed, and they went on to be published. And this heroism and spirit and purpose that she had became such an encouragement to people around her. And though her life was very, very brief, she had this fierce brilliancy about her. Listen to what she said. She said, I've become a different person and it's a very good feeling. One needs something to believe in, something for which one can have wholehearted enthusiasm. One needs to feel that one's life has meaning, that one is needed in the world. And she so believed in this purpose that she was willing to give her life fighting for it. She became the girl she believed that she was supposed to be, and she said, it feels good to be this kind of person. And even at this young age, she felt this call to do more and give more. And there was nothing about her that was outwardly exceptional. She was just a regular girl from a regular family, but she felt this call in her heart to live differently, and it helped stand her apart. In some of her writings, her prayers were found, and she would pray for herself and her family and for Europe with the war going on. And one of the prayers she said was this, My God, my God, I pray that these things never end. The sand and the sea, the rustle and the waters, lightning of the heavens, the prayer of man. 
she had this robust prayer life where she was just dependent on God. So she had this heart and this courage and this fierceness in her faith, but it was sprinkled through with this prayer and dependency on God. All throughout history, we see and hear about the lives of men and women who are called to do impossible things. And so often where we see people striving valiantly, who step out in faith and live boldly, we see the power of prayer woven into and through their lives. Prayer is one of those things that comes up again and again in a life of faith. And while it's talked about and mentioned and done, many of us find ourselves in positions in the day-to-day -day living of life, we're really not quite sure what to do with it or when to do it or why to do it or how to do it. And it's easy to pray in desperate moments, right? Like, dear God, I need you right now. But what about the other times of life, the in-between moments, the day-to-day -day living? God wants to meet us and do life with us there as well. Many people think like, yes, prayer is a good idea, but they aren't quite sure how to make time for it in their own life or if anything really happens because of it. So we're going to spend the next few weeks studying prayer together because I really believe God has called all of us to be great souls. God has called us on purpose and on a mission, and we want to live valiantly and boldly for him. And I also know that no great life is lived without the help of God and the prayer that weaves through life. And prayer is one of those incredible things that God has given us to know him, to draw nearer to him. I read this idea about prayer this week. I was reading a book about growing with Christ, and it said the goal of prayer is not to get good at praying, as many people think. The goal of prayer is not to try to set new records for how much time we spend praying. It's not a merit. The goal of prayer is to live all my life, to speak all of my words in the joyful awareness in the presence of God. Prayer becomes real when we grasp the reality and the goodness of God's constant presence with the real me. And I want us to hang on to that idea because it's such a powerful concept of when we get to bring our real selves to the presence of a real God, it is a powerful moment where God can work great. The goal of prayer is connecting with our awesome and good God, to talk to him, to listen to him, and enjoy his wonderful presence. To help us study the idea of prayer, we're going to look to the Psalms. I love the book of Psalms. You've got 150 solid chapters in there, and there's all kinds of different prayers woven in. You've got songs, you've got prayers for help, prayers of gratitude, worshiping prayer. If you want to read some desperate prayers, go to the Psalms. There are some desperate prayers, prayers of repentance, like, oh my gosh, God, have mercy on me. I did not get this right. And today we're going to look at a prayer of David that we find in Psalm chapter 17. Right in the middle, it's I wish we could do the whole thing, but we're just going to focus on a piece. Look at verse 6 through 9. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love, you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who are out to destroy me, from my mortal enemies who surround me. There's a few things that I want us to see here in David's prayer. The first thing I think is so powerful is David knew he could pray to God. I call on you, my God. That's personal relationship, my God. He knew he could turn to God. He knew he could take his own heart to God and God uh, with his life and his problems and that God was there when he prayed. 
David knew God, and it created this incredible faith in him. It's so interesting. When you study the life of David, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And he had this faith, this knowledge of God that allowed him to turn to him, connect to him, and know that he could go to God. Faith is such a powerful idea. It, it becomes one of those words that gets used so often that we kind of, it becomes an abstract idea or just like this big, lofty, wonderful thing. But when you carve it down and look at what it means to have faith, it's so helpful and powerful. At its core, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is a way of knowing. The way we know God is what gives our faith strength and stability. What I know about God is what gives me hope for the future, not just this future, but the eternal future as well, which has an impact on how we live and what we do right now today. What I know about God, his words, how he works in the world, who he is, has a huge impact on the faith that we have and the way that we live. David knew God, and it gave him this incredible faith to live a life with him. Have you ever wondered or thought, what do I know about God? Have you ever just asked yourself the question, what do I think about God, right? Our minds fill with whatever they want to fill with. And when I think about God, what are the ideas, what are the thoughts that fill my mind about God? You know, interestingly enough, theology is one of those things that's designed to help us think about God. But I think so often people hear the word theology and they're like, oh no, that is not for me. That's got like some big words and some big books. And I've told you this, the first time I read a theology, I had a dictionary, I had a Bible, and I had my theology book. And I needed all of them, probably the dictionary most, because I'm like, I don't know what that word means. Okay, but at its core, theology is thinking about God. It's talking about God, and it gives us these incredibly wonderful ideas. You can just pick one or two of them to think about that help you know God better, and the way we think about God develops a faith in us that directs our life, and the faith that we have, the direction of our faith, lets us know that there is a God that we can turn to with our prayers. I want to give you some thoughts about God today. I'm going to give you some ideas from a theologian. So if you just want to write down one or two ideas that capture your interest, weave this into how you think about God. Um, Thomas Oden wrote a theology, and it's broken up into a couple volumes, one about God, one about Jesus, one about the Holy Spirit, and the living God. This is what he says about God. He is the source and end of all things. He is everywhere and in every now. God is the indefinite indefatigable one. He doesn't get tired. <laughs> See, it's a big word, but he doesn't get tired. He outlasts every time. God's life is eternal. Before anything else was alive, God was alive. Listen to this quote. God is active from the beginning to the end of time, from every here to every there of space, from every now to every then, in every person, in every society. God is active. That's a thought that helps me think about the vastness, the hugeness, the power of God. God is also knowing. He knows past, present, and future. He knows external events. He knows our heart, our inward motivations. He knows not only what is, but what might possibly be. 
You know, every time you take a choice, make a choice, you head a direction, and your life follows the direction of your choices. One of the things that will exhaust your brain, which if you're watching the Marvel comic with the uh, multiverse, they're doing this for you. It's not just what is, it's what could have been. God knows every what could have been with every choice that we made. He's divine, majestic, and good. He's holy and perfect and righteous. He's constant and true. He's faithful, gracious, merciful, kind, good, and loving. These are thoughts I can think about God. And when I think about God in this way, it helps me to know him in the kind of way that grows my faith. He says God's essential nature, it doesn't change from better to worse. Like sometimes I have good days and sometimes I have bad days, right? Sometimes my character is awesome, sometimes it's worse. God doesn't change that way. He remains always only the best. The character of God is dependable. He is radically for us, even when we are stubbornly against ourselves. Listen to what Odin says. God loves sinners because he sees in them something they may not see in themselves, namely lovability, or at least potential lovability, and the possibility of restoration to the fullness of the divine relationship. God sees in you not just who you are, but who you have the potential to become. And this God, the same God who is God of everything, all space, all time, all that ever was, all that is and all that ever will be is a God who knows us by name. He is a God who loves us, who sees something within each and every one of us that is valuable, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world for us. And he calls us, and he redeems us, and he gives us this new name and this new life and this new purpose and this new hope. And me thinking about God and knowing God in this kind of way, faith isn't just knowing, it's action. My knowledge of God turns into action that shapes my life. And faith and action is the capacity to do something I wouldn't do on my own or otherwise because of my confidence in God. Faith and action is I believe God is on my side. I believe God hears me when I call. I believe that the same God who is in control of all history and time is a God who is for me. And this gives us the courage and the faith to try hard things, to go on new adventures with him and not have fear guide us, but a freedom found in our faith and confidence in who God is. David knew God, and he thought about God in powerful ways. You can read through the Psalms these wonderful thoughts and ideas, and this knowledge of God gave him a faith to do incredibly hard things, knowing he could go to God in prayer. But David just didn't know he could go to God in prayer. He had this confident expectation that God would answer. He had this expectation. Why David says, I call on God, because he knows God will answer. He knows God and knows that God is hearing him, that God turns to him, that God is a God who hears. And because God is a God who hears, this is so important. God isn't ambivalent. He's not up in heaven removed and unmoved by our problems and our plights and the struggles of our life. He's not apathetic to the troubles and the problems. He's listening, and his heart is for us. When we need help, we can turn to God with a confident expectation that he hears us when we do. 
when we are hurting, when we are scared, when we feel like we are all alone and life is hard and darkness is creeping in, there is a God who hears us when we cry out to him. There is a God who hears us, whose heart is for us, and promises that he is near to us in the hardest moments of our life. That when we feel like our spirits are being crushed, we are not alone. God stands with us, and he cares. Our, our, our hearts, our lives, our struggles, they matter to him. And he's there to help guide us and direct us and show us the way. We can pray with a confident expectation that God is a God who hears us and answers prayers. Now here's what's interesting. This is how David prays. He prays knowing he can turn to God. He prays with a confident expectation. God is a God who does what he says that he will do, what he will do, and he hears us and he answers. But then look at what David asks for in his prayer. It's so interesting. He says, show me the wonders of your great love. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. All right, I want to summarize these for us because I think it's easy to miss it. He uses such beautiful language. What is he praying? He's praying that God would help him remember that he is loved and he is saved. He's praying that God would continue to love and cherish him and that God would be a protection for him against the dangers of life. And I think if we think about these ideas, sometimes we need to pray these same prayers. We need to uh, be reminded of the wonders of God's great love for us. The God who saves, the God who sent Christ into the world on our behalf. That is the God that we are praying for. And in the day-to-day -day rush and crazy busyness and in the nonsense of life, it's easy to forget there is a God who loves us special and knows us and values us. And we can say, God, help me to remember your great love. When I can't remember the great love of God, I only need look to Jesus Christ. The greatest hope that we have in life, in this life and the life to come, is found in him. He's the only one who can fill the deepest chambers of our hearts and satisfy the longing of our souls. When we think about Christ and look to Christ, we know there's one who can heal us and restore us and redeem us. What feels hard for us is not too hard for Jesus Christ. Where we are overwhelmed, he isn't. I get tired, he doesn't. I grow weary, he doesn't. He's constant and strong. See how knowing God weaves into, as we pray, how we pray. There is a Christ who is for us. When we feel defeated, we're reminded of the freedom that we find in him. That everything we face, these struggles, we have confidence because Christ has already fought the hardest fights that need to be fought. And now he's with us and for us, and we do not have to do it on our own. When life feels unfair, does life ever feel unfair to you? Like, come on, this is just annoying at this point. When life is unfair, we don't have to be ruined by the unfairness. We don't have to be destroyed by the unfairness. We can be reminded that there is one who went through the worst unfairness the world could ever experience, and he wasn't defeated by it, and we can depend on him. Because of Jesus Christ, God is satisfied with you and I. When God looks at us, he doesn't see our guilt. <laughs> he doesn't see our shame. He doesn't see all the mistakes and the shortcomings. He sees Christ in us, his righteousness, his goodness. And he's treating us like children because of Christ in us, loved, valued, and redeemed. 
whenever we need reminded of God's great, the wonder of God's great love. Like, how in the world could God love a girl like me? How in the world could God ever be on my side? We are reminded because of Christ. We're not trying to earn our way to God. We're not trying to fulfill a quota or earn our paycheck so that God will bless us. And we're not trying to do enough good girl and good boy things to check off the list. Christ already did everything that needed to be done when he gave his life for us. That's the heart of the gospel, that we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, not based on anything we've done, but based on what Christ has done for us. And please listen, when we need to be reminded, God doesn't stop loving us, even on our hardest, worst days, because Christ doesn't lose what's his. Christ doesn't lose his hold on his kids. He's not going to change his mind about us. He's not going to be like, well... We tried, didn't seem to work, let's go separate ways, right? We are his, and he is ours, and we are loved and cherished, and we have hope and help and protection in him. When we need to be reminded of the wonderfulness of God's great love, we look to Jesus Christ. When we feel like, God, I know this is the point where you want to give up on me, we are reminded that there is a constancy of faithfulness in Christ. I might be faithless, he is faithful still. He will not give up his hold on us. And when we need protection for the hardships of life, God is with us. I was thinking this week, it's been almost a year since my mom had her stroke. And it was hard, and my family was afraid, and things went bad quickly. You've never seen so many desperate people praying in so many places, because it's all we knew how to do. We only knew to turn to God and ask for help and pray for his protection and plead with him for my mom. And what felt hard and overwhelming and scary to us was never too hard for him. And by his good grace, my mom is recovered and doing amazing today. And whenever I think of it, I have this like spark in my heart that is reminded to say thank you to God for what he did and how he showed up. And every time we come up against something hard, we pray. Moms, whatever is eating you alive on the inside, pray. (laughs) The worry that marks your days, pray. Everything we know how to do when things seem hard, we pray. When it seems we've forgotten the wonders of God's great love, we pray. When we feel grateful remembering what God has done, we pray. When life feels stressful and overwhelming, we turn to God and we pray. Every time feels like we can't catch our breath, we turn to God and we pray. And we pray for protection just like David did. And maybe we don't have mortal enemies who are chasing us down and knocking at our door, but we have problems that we are facing. We have fears that won't let go or people who really don't want our best and are seeking to do us harm. Sometimes the protection we most need is the protection in our mind. Sometimes our minds just go to places that they're not restful. Do you ever realize, like, you're going through a hard time and your mind just can't find rest. It wants to keep going back to the hard thing. It circles back to the hard problem or the difficult person or the difficult situation, right? You're trying to, like, take a break from it and your mind goes right back. It rethinks the conversation and what you should have said and how you should have said it. It rethinks the problem at 3 o'clock in the morning when you can do absolutely nothing about it but worry and stress out about it, right? Sometimes the protection we need to be praying for is, God, protect my mind. I don't want to waste any more energy here. 
Protect me from the worry that won't let go. Give my mind rest. There's something so beautiful about a mind at rest in your thoughts. Sometimes the protection we need is help me to think what's true. We go down these paths and nothing good comes from it. And we can train our minds in what is true and say, God, help me to remember right now what is true. This happened, this is real, but this is true and this is what I want to focus on. The peace of Christ that guards our hearts is such a valuable thing because he stands guard literally at our hearts. You have to get through Christ before you get to me. That's what leaves peace, and that's what gives our minds a rest. We need the guard of Christ so we do not waste our time and energy on things that do not help us in any way. That's the protection we can pray for. God, protect my heart in Jesus Christ. God, protect my mind. Don't let me have all of that crazy whirlwind. Give me rest and peace. And we turn to God in prayer. And we don't stop. We don't stop praying because we never stop believing there is a God who hears us and answers us when we do. We never stop praying because no matter how hard, how impossible the situation, what is true? Nothing is too hard for God. We pray in the good times. We pray in the hard times. We pray in the in-between times because God hears our cries. Because God is a God who answers prayers and God is at work. He isn't done yet. Some years ago, I heard John Maxwell speak at a conference and he said every year he has a word for himself. And that word that he was praying and focusing on the year was dependence. He was praying that he would be more dependent on God. And so he said, every morning I, was, I want my thoughts to turn to God, my dependency on him. And this was the prayer that he, sheer, he shared. He said his prayer went something like this. With my questions, this is he turns to God, I look for his answers. With my gifts, I come in his opportunities. In my dark days, I reach out for his hand. In my, with my family, I look for his covering. With my weakness, I rely on his grace. With my years, I require his strength. And with my calling, I desire his transformation. Isn't that powerful? Just every facet of my life, I'm saying I'm dependent on God here. I'm dependent on God showing up. I need God's hand and his covering and his grace and his protection and his love and his reminder. I want to encourage you today. You don't need to be an expert to pray. You don't need to know a perfect formula to begin it doesn't matter if you've known God for a long time or you're just starting getting to know him. All you need to pray is an open heart to God and a willingness to try. You know that there's a God. That's where faith comes in. There's a God who hears you when you turn to him. Your faith becomes action and expectation of a God who hears and answers. And then you just start making time in your life to pray. What would happen if you gave yourself a challenge over the next couple of weeks as we talk about prayer, study prayer, practice prayer through the week of prayer together, that we start giving ourselves a challenge every day I'm going to spend time with God. Maybe you carve out five minutes here. Maybe you make it a plan ten minutes here. Maybe you do it as a family together. You have prayer time where you're praying for each other. Pray knowing that there is a God who is with you. Pray knowing that there is a God who loves his kids and is inclined towards us. Let this time that you spend with God remind you of who he is. Think through one of the thoughts about God. 
if you need a place to start, pick up the Psalms. Read a Psalm every day and then pray through what God is showing you there. Pray with a dependence on God for who he is and what he can do. And when you don't know the words, <laughs> when you're not sure where to start, just quiet your mind and heart because God promises there is a spirit who speaks for us even when we don't have the words to speak. There's never a better time than right now to start praying, to spending time with God, that he can remind you, that he can direct you, that you can see his great love, that you can find his protection and peace for your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us. I pray that we would be a church that is just on fire to pray for you. I pray, Father, that you would spark something within every one of us, that we would be reminded today that you are a God who loves us and wants to know us, that we would find time every single day to spend with you, turning to you, calling on you, that you would fill our hearts with your strength, our minds with your peace, and our spirits would be restored and strengthened in who you are and what you can do. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.